0: Everybody, welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm the side. Joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the side Guys. is a Ted. And Ted, looks like we had a cameo appearance, you know, for a brief moment there. We were so close. Cat.
1: We were so close to a full episode appearance.
0: Damn it. No, I don't think we'd ever get a full episode appearance.
1: No, he's now playing with one of my hats. He's he's distracted otherwise. But we have more important things to discuss. So moving on. <laughs> in some people's eyes. In other
0: people's eyes, yeah, they're well, like, oh, yeah, we want more cat yeah, action. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> He'll be back soon, I promise. Yeah, but I – yeah, I think just the nature of your cat, I don't think we'll ever get a full episode of him being on unless – Unless you're set up on the couch and he was like chilling on your lap like he does and he's all comfortable, then there's a possibility. But yeah, you set up here at your desk, it's never gonna happen.
1: Yeah, no, just just wait until the draft
0: where I will be on the couch. That that it, that may be the moment where it finally happens. It's possible. It's very, very possible. But yes yeah, speaking of the draft, we're continuing on with our draft content for you. Uh we teased this in our last episode. We're gonna be going into the tight end position group in today's episode, getting into some just discussion as far as just, you know, which teams could take a tight end, because I mean this is a very loaded tight end class. You can get a lot of great talent either early in the draft or later in the draft, too. So I mean we're gonna highlight some teams that may potentially tie an NFL record of taking three tight ends in the first round. So we're going to highlight some teams that could possibly set that. Or, you know, maybe, Tad, outside the realm of possibility, it's not, you know, that crazy – Maybe we'll see four tight ends. Like, I mean, I really don't know. So I mean, it's like we're gonna highlight some teams that could possibly take one in the first round. Um, then we're gonna get into our discussion of some of the top end tight ends, and of course, we're gonna close it out with a tight end that's probably not being talked about enough that could probably be a real difference maker at the next level, or a guy that maybe is being talked about too much. And maybe let's, you know, let's pump the brakes on his low <laughs> on his uh talent level there. We'll see exactly how it all pans out. So yeah, we'll get into that. But I mean Let's just sort of jump into it here, Tad. So like I talked about, the record for the most tight ends being drafted in the first round is three. Can you remember the last year that happened, Tad? Oh, god damn it.
1: Um, (laughs) Man, I'm trying to think. Evan Ingram and O.J. Howard were both in the same first round, correct?
0: They were both in the same first round, correct. Okay.
1: Shit, was there a third? I don't think there was a third tight end that year
0: there was there was a th- oh
1: some of a bitch <laughs> so okay so <laughs> i had the right year i right, okay can i get credit at least for that for having no same, you can you can you definitely year. can but okay. which year was okay. that oh fucking balls of hide <laughs> <know>. uh <laughs> 20 2017 yeah that is the okay. correct year okay all right there we go but shit who was the third, one? third tight end all right, all right answer this for me answer this for me evan ingram oj howard both of them went top 15 correct
0: uh yes, OJ How no, my mistake. None of them went top 15.
1: Oh shit. Okay. Uh okay, <laughs> so the tight end I'm forgetting. Did he go before or after them? After. After. Ah shit. Tag Division. Uh the AFC North. AFC North. It's our fucking Raven, isn't it? Um <laughs> oh, shit. It's uh I have no idea.
0: For once, it was not a Baltimore. (laughs) It was actually the Cleveland Browns. They took. Oh, uh, Njoku! Njoku! Damn it! So we had O.J. Howard taken by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of the University of Alabama at number 19 overall. We had the um, New York Giants taking Evan Ingram, number 23 overall, out of the University of Ole Miss. And then David Njoku, number 29 overall, drafted by the Browns out of the University of Miami. But, Tad, this was actually a pretty good tight end class as well. We had Gerald Everett go in the second round to the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, We had um, Jonu Smith. I know – Earlier in his career with the Titans, he looked pretty good. So he was taken by the Titans here in the third round. Um, Jake Butt out of the University of Michigan. There's a lot of promise for him. Unfortunately, he just dealt with so many injuries. He just was never able to build out. his
1: ACL in what I believe was the Fiesta Bowl.
0: Yeah, but then even getting to the NFL too, like even when he was with the Denver Broncos, that was the team that drafted him. He just never looked or was never able to see the field enough to be a difference maker there. And I think one of the bigger ones, Tad, george kittle in the fifth round out of the university of iowa <laughs> i hate you i hate you so
1: much how do the 49ers find sleeper after sleeper and the colts are just like hey
0: jelani woods hey i still have hope for jelani yeah, woods. No, he's my you, guy
1: you and he's my you and no one else you and no one else <laughs>
0: ride or die with jelani Woods out of the university yeah, of Virginia. yeah you're, it's gonna be the latter my friend But, yes, that is the last time we've had a draft with three tight ends taken in the first round. That ties a record. So I think, honestly, Tad, with this year's draft class, that could very much happen this year as well. Absolutely. There's a lot of great talent, and I think there's a lot of tight uh, teams, excuse me, in the first round that could use a tight end that are picking maybe towards the middle part to the second half of the first round that's like this is where you could possibly see a tight end go like i mean we'll sort of get to this later but we speculated that maybe some of these tight ends may possibly slip into the top 10 we'll see about that but yeah just highlighting some of the teams that i could see taking a tight end um we gotta start with the green bay packers at number 15 overall so you look at their current starting group they got josiah deguara tyler davis austin allen not a lot of names that are going to mm-hmm. jump out at you as far as these are guys you want starting for you. Um, so honestly, you want to give Jordan Love enough weapons to succeed in this offense. I can see a reason as to why they would. But then to counter it as to why they won't take a tight end, well – Tad, I mean, we speculate this every single year with the draft as far as the Packers needing to draft a pass catcher in the first round. They have never done it. Well, okay, I won't say they've never done it. They haven't, no, done, it they, they they haven't done, done it
1: in a long time. Never. They they haven't done it long enough.
0: And long yes. enough. Yeah. Two thousand two, they took Javon Walker, the wide receiver in the first round. Boy. And then in 2000, they took Bubba Franks, the tight end in the first round. So it's been a long time. And I think the bigger thing, too, as well, is that I think they have other needs that they need to fill, like defensive tackle, offensive line possibly even pass rush as well so that's another reason why they won't go tight end so let's get past the packers let's get to number 18 with the detroit lions they also pick at six but i think they'll go in a different direction at six you know with some of the talent on other positions so i don't think they'll go tight end at six but 18 is very much a possibility you look at the starters they got brock wright shane Zilstra. i believe i'm saying that right Ooh. and one of the best out of San Jose State, Derek Deese Jr. Okay, maybe not one of the best, but yeah, I got to throw it was right out say, there. Yeah, you're, you're, you're
1: being very <laughs> graceful with that title there, but okay. all the
0: love you give to TCU alum, I have to give some to San Jose State.
1: Whoa! <laughs> hey, I, I've earned mine. <laughs>
0: Uh, so obviously obviously very similar to the Green Bay Packers. You know, they trade away DJ TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. So they have a hole. Like, I mean, the names I listed are, you know, we saw some flashes from Brock Wright, Shane Zilstra at times, but it's just nothing very like, you know, long term as far as success that we've seen with either of those guys. So that's a reason why they could go tight end. Um, and then the reason they won't go tight end is that. This offense runs through the running game, so I don't think they have a need to fill the tight end position. Maybe they anchor that at the offensive line. Like I said, they go in a different direction with other positions because they flow more through the running game. They just signed David Montgomery in the offseason. They obviously have DeAndre Swift. So, you know, there's a possibility they may not go tight end then there. Um, let's jump to 26 with the Dallas Cowboys. They just let Dalton Schultz walk to the Houston Texans. So their current starters right now are Jake Ferguson, who they drafted last year. And then Peyton Hendershot, who they use sometimes as a fullback, H back type of guy, um, as a tight end, fullback sort of thing. So maybe they could use them as a combination starting tight end there. Um, but yeah, biggest thing is you need to upgrade because you just let Dalton Schultz go. You didn't want to pay him all that money, so you got a free agent. Uh, you got a rookie here who's a lot cheaper who could probably love, replicate that sort of production with the talent that we have at the top of the tight end draft class there. Uh, but also, the that they- easy
1: easy award winner for best like backup name is. Peyton Hendershot, <laughs> like good <laughs> lord, that is a great name. And so, especially for a guy in Texas like that, um, people are gonna love that.
0: Yeah. And then you look at the reason as to why they won't. Well, they just traded for Brandon Cooks and the Houston Texans. They also for traded for reason. Stephon Gilmore on the defense. So it's like, I'm for not saying reason. that they won't overload the offense because that's very much a Dallas type of thing to do. But you look at that, maybe they feel comfortable. They got CeeDee Lamb. They got Michael Gallup. They got um Brandon Cooks, obviously, right now. Uh, they got the running game with Tony Pollard. So it's like, you know, maybe they decide that's like, okay, we don't need to add a pass catcher here. They address other needs, upgrade the defense a little bit more, maybe upgrade some other positions on offense offense as opposed to tight end um a couple more teams here i want to list out we have the cincinnati Bengals at number 28 so their current starters irv smith jr like i mean that could be an interesting um signing by them we'll see if he could develop there but just so far in his career we saw a lot of potential just haven't seen it on the field enough yet Uh, And then Devin Asiasi, one of the former um, New England Patriots draftees, when they drafted him and Dalton Keene, hoping to replicate what they had with Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. But it just never materialized. Not the same talent level there. Um, So they obviously could take a tight end with them letting Hayden Hurst go to Carolina now. He's signed there. So maybe they follow the same route that the Dallas Cowboys were thinking, where you sign a cheaper option who can help hopefully replicate the same amount of production that you have there. Um, But just, yeah. Also, like I said, another reason why they won't take a tight end possibly is they have other holes to fill. Like, I mean, they're pretty good on offense. They have three stud receivers with T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase. Obviously, Joe Burrow can make do with what he has. So maybe they don't need a tight end in, in the first round, they can go in a different direction there. And then the last team I want to bring up here, the New Orleans Saints. So they have starters, mm. Jawan Johnson, who is actually not bad as far as fantasy purposes, look pretty good. Uh, they have Adam Troutman, who they drafted in the second round a couple of years ago. So there's a little bit of potential there. And then of course you have to list him here. Taysom Hill is technically a tight end, so tight I mean, end. Tight ends. Yeah. Use him at that position. Obviously, they use him in so many different ways. So I mean, they do have some potential there. So maybe they use like a combination of all those guys as their starting tight end. So you look at why they would take a tight end, you know, with injuries to the offense last season. You know, Michael Thomas was out, Jarvis Landry, um, so many other guys were hurt. So it's like they had a little bit of, you know, their offense sucked a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then because to of that, the their defense to suffered the too. Least because of that, the defense uh, yes. suffered as well. So you look at this. They just signed Derek Carr. Obviously, they want to make sure that they can get the most out of him as well by signing him. So maybe they go with a tight end at the bo- very bottom of the first round here at number 29. But then the reason that they may not is that, you know… Once again, they have bigger issues that they need to address besides the tight end position. They lost some pass rushers, so they need to upgrade that. Um, they could probably use some help with the secondary as well, offensive line. So, I mean, they're they're always in cap hell, Tad. I mean, they always are. So this is usually the way they can sort of get out of this. They draft all these rookies, and they let some of their high-paid uh, free agents leave and free agency them because they got all these rookies in and back there. So maybe they do something like that again. but. Those are five teams I want to highlight. But, Tad, are there any other teams that you consider here may go the route of taking a tight end here in the first round?
1: Oh, yeah. I've got a couple teams. But first off, I just need to point out that I do not have teams or reasons why these teams will not select tight ends. Do you want to know why? It's called being an optimist. It's called (laughs) being an optimist. All right,
0: fair, fair, fair. Try
1: to be hopeful for once in your life. My God, I always look at the negative thing. So anyway, let's look at the positive. What teams could get better through the draft? I feel like Dora the Explorer, here, but whatever, <laughs> we're going to run with it. All right, first team you looked over, and this is a prime team that I think will actually end up trading out of the top 10, the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I know a lot of people are going to go, well, no, 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 they have Austin Hooper, they have O.J. Howard, they have some dude named Jesper Horstead give you five bucks if you could tell me a single thing about that dude but bottom line is yes they do have these veterans at the position already but you do not sign jimmy Garoppolo. you do not get josh jacobs on one-year deal you don't have a very unhappy Devonte adams since he probably won't be playing not even probably anymore he will not be playing with air Rodgers. uh you need to make these people happy and so you are in win now mode if there is a more talented tight end in this draft and we'll, we'll discuss that maybe there are is or isn't over these veterans but if you believe one of them is more talented you need to go for it now because this offense is clearly where las vegas is leading uh you know all their strength into like we are going to be an offensive led team and so that's why honestly uh, again that's why they are one of my top picks to trade out of the top 10 because yeah you can move down five or six spots and still get the tight end you want so keep an eye out for las vegas tennessee titans um Should I even try their starting tie-in name? Do you know it?
0: Oh, of course I know it. That's why you have to try.
1: Should I try it? Yes. This might get slightly racist. Oh, man. (laughs) Chigazium Okonkwo? Oh.
0: Actually, that was pretty good. That was pretty okay, good. Okay, what's is the first Chig name? Konko? Yeah, no, you got oh, it. Oh, shit. All right, okay,
1: yeah. all right. There we go. If you want so, to short uh, it, yeah.
0: I've always heard Chig's Conco, so you can do that as well. But yeah, Chigazeev, you're actually pretty so, good. So we'll just say Chig. We'll just yeah, say Chig.
1: So yeah, so Chig is their starter, which tells you all you need to know about their starting tight end uh, situation going on with uh, Trayvon. Why do I do this myself? Wescoa? Trayvon Wescoa, I believe, being their backup.
0: That so one I'm sure on. yeah uh, uh, yeah you got me
1: it's, it's all this to say they need some tight end help so let me tell you so i think if the receiver they like isn't there because there is a real possibility that Najigba and quinn johnson both could be gone by then i don't think it's likely but it's a possibility and with the both the bears and the raiders needing offensive help uh offensive line help excuse me both Paris Johnson and uh Why do I do this? myself? every time I do this, my Skrotsky. Yeah, you actually got you're okay, on right now. There you're on go. all, right, yeah, all right. Hey, don't jinx me. Don't jinx me. But the Northwestern guy, if he's gone and Paris Johnson are gone before the uh, Titans select tight end is very much in the running because they need somebody between uh, Traylon Burks and whoever they select at, uh, you know, in the first round, to be building blocks with that offense because Ryan Tannehill is gone. Malik Willis, probably not their quarterback in the future. So they need to build as many uh, weapons as they can. You're laughing what I do.
0: Nothing. I still have hope in Malik Willis, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. No, he
1: did not look good enough. Uh, Other teams is the Washington Commanders. Logan Thomas is 31 years old. So going with a solid starting tight end like Michael Mayer to kind of develop behind him as they are going in with McLaurin and stuff like that as a solid building block for the future not totally out of the realm, especially that late in the first round. That's kind of where successful teams make their moves. Trust me, as a Colts fan, if you don't draft for the future in that you know area, you will regret it. And then uh, the last two teams is the Los Angeles chargers. Uh, look, Gerald Everett and uh, let's see, Dom Parham, Trey McKinney. Nobody's, bad in that depth chart, but Gerald Everett only has one year left on his contract. So finding a long-term answer for tight end, especially since you know you have a long-term answer in Justin Herbert, who has proven that he loves a good athletic tight end and a class full of good athletic tight ends. This might be the time just to pull the trigger and go for one, just so you can start developing that chemistry right away. And then finally, this one's a bit of a Hail Mary, but Kansas City Chiefs at number 31. You know, Travis Kelsey, he's going to, this is insane. He's going to be 34 in October. So, you know, yes, it sucks, but it might be time to start looking for a successor. And God knows if I'm Kansas City, I want his successor learning under him for at least a year or two before he takes over. So Kansas City could be a dark horse for a tight end as well.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, those are very viable options for sure. Like, I mean... When you're picking in the middle of the first round, exactly like I said, or the end of the first round, you're sort of thinking about your. You have that luxury, yeah, picks. exactly, yeah, your luxury pick, exactly. That's the best way to sort of label it there, where you sort of need to think about not only are they possibly going to start this year, but you're more thinking about are they going to start in year two? Definitely by year three, they need to be a starter on your roster, sort of thing. So. Yeah, you look at a team like Kansas City who just won the Super Bowl. You add a very capable tight end in a Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington, whoever at that spot to learn under Travis Kelsey, arguably one of the best tight ends in the league right now. Travis
1: Kelsey and Darnell Washington together. Just imagine
0: that. (laughs) It would be dangerous for years to come for sure. So, yeah, we'll see exactly how it plays out. But I'm very much in the you know realm of just uh, three tight ends could be taken in the first round. Like definitely two. I think two for sure. Two for sure. I'm not sure about the third one, but I'm leaning towards. Yes, I think there three, will be yeah. three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I, yeah, yeah, no, but yeah,
1: let's two, two for sure. Mm-hmm. The first one is unquestioned, and we'll get into this. Yeah. Second one is up for debate. And the third one, it's all about what team likes them. Because I, I really do feel like a team's going to fall in love with Because Here's the crazy thing about this year's tight end class is they are just so damn athletic. Like, <laughs> there are so many of them where I'm like, you shouldn't be allowed. To... You're six six. You should not be allowed to run that fast. That is, that is against <laughs> the rules. That is not allowed, sir. But they it's still do true. it. It's very So it it just depends on if a if the right playoff contender falls in love with that third guy. But let's talk about who that third guy will be. So Murr, top three tight ends. Go. I'm glad you sound so excited.
0: No, because you may be surprised by this one. So I think for me, number one, you definitely got to go with Michael Mira. Like, I mean, just looking at this tight end draft class, you see him. I think he's just a very good all-around prospect. You see him block well. You see him be a really good receiver. And I'm not saying he's the perfect prospect. He definitely has some work to do at the next level. Like, I mean, some of his blocking technique could definitely be refined. Is he a good pass catcher? Yes, but some of his route running may not be as sharp as it needs to be. He's not a deep threat, so he's going to be able to get you on these short yard. His gains and definitely in the red zone, he's going to be a dangerous threat. But yeah, he's not a guy that, you know, like a Travis Kelsey, that you can sit above the seam yeah, and no, he's is going to be able no. to beat all the defenders on a deep route, sort of thing. Or Vernon Davis in his prime, sort of thing. It's like he is not that type of guy, but he is a guy who will consistently move the chains for you, you know, on these crucial third downs. Definitely, if you need a safety option, like all the other wide receivers are blocked up and you need a guy to just get the ball out so you can live for the next play, he's definitely that guy who can move the chains for you, get you down the field for sure. But yeah, I think when you look at the best tight end in this class, you had to look at Michael Mayer because he's just so well-rounded. And I mean, do you disagree there?
1: No, the reason I'm laughing is because you are the only person that would still bring up Vernon Davis in 2023. That is the reason I'm laughing. You know it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, I mean, you said nothing I disagree with there. And that's, it, it sounds so weird when you're scouting Michael Mayer because yes, there's nothing he does fantastically well, but he just does everything well enough where yeah. he is a good enough route runner. He is a good enough, you know, run after the catch type of player. He is a good enough blocker where he's just better than everybody else where you just know what you're going to get is solid. You are not going to get a game-changing tight end, but he's one of the honestly and again, I haven't scouted enough first-round candidates yet to make this determination, but as of now he is the safest first-round pick you can make, in my opinion. You know what you're going going to get, which is a safe, dependable tight end. So I actually, I really like this comparison. Are you ready for my NFL compomer? It's not Hall of Famer, I swear. it's not Hall of <laughs> Famer. I promise.
0: All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it.
1: He's Dalton Schultz.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: He, okay. he, you, you know, he's gonna be dependable. You know, he's always gonna be there, open. You know, he's always gonna be a legitimate weapon that needs attention. But he's just never gonna quite be, you know, up to par. Like he's, he's Jason Witten, but less. And I know people are gonna go, well, why should I spend a first round pick on him? Well, look at what happened with O.J. Howard, where you really swing for the fences with these ultra athletic tight ends. I'd much rather have the, you know, slightly less, because God knows I'm not saying Michael is not athletic, because I think he could. You know, throw me about two miles if I did that, but I it, take a slightly less athletic tight end that is more dependable. That's exactly what you get in Michael Mayer. So he is just the most dependable, the the safest option at tight end this year. And uh, I, I, it would be shocking if he was not the first tight end off the board
0: yeah and i think i very much like the fact that you said he's one of the safer picks not just at the tight end position but i think just overall out of all the yeah. first round picks this year that are slated to be first round picks right um yeah i think he's one of those picks that's like you make that pick whether you take him as early as you know you were saying potentially raiders could take him at number seven or you take him as late as like you know maybe even the 18 pick where i had um the green bay packers still are slated right there or 15 i can't remember well um, packers
1: are packers are taking a 13 let's get real here <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Lions are at 18, my mistake there. So it's like, either anywhere you take him, I think you're going to get the same player. Obviously, he's going to be productive for you. He's going to be reliable for you. He's going to be one of those veterans that uh eventually be one of those veterans that just like, always, you can rely on him to be on the field, to do his job, do his job well, and really be a key contributor for your offense and be a good leader for your team as well. So yeah, I like Michael Mayer to be number one. Uh, Number two, I know you may, like, you possibly have a swap here at what point we we're discussing, not just before today's episode but earlier in a couple of weeks too but i still have dalton kinkade at the no. utah at number two here i still have him at number two but i think you disagree here
1: well all right so why don't you talk about Kincaid first and then i i'll i'll
0: say why you're wrong <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um, But I think what you see in Dalton Kincaid is you see very much the skills in the modern day tight end, right? Where it's like, you want that athletic tight end, you want that receiving threat. Like, I mean, I hate to bring this name up, but he's the best in the game right now. That's Travis Kelsey, where it's like, you could rely on him to get you through the game and beat you, you know, through the air and sort of give an extra dimension to your offense right like i mean he's just an excellent receiver uh jump jump back to Kincaid here i think everybody knows about kelsey uh but just an excellent receiver shows good speed when he's in open field uh former basketball player Tad. i don't know if you know that so i mean it's like you see some of those skills on the tape so so he's
1: he's the next tony gonzalez where i have to hear that fucking three times every weekend (laughs)
0: Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, Jimmy Graham, yeah. that formerly really played basketball in there. You'll uh, uh, who
1: there is, who's here. the big guy that played for the Seahawks and Saints? Jimmy uh, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Graham. Graham that, Jimmy yeah.
0: Graham. Uh, oh, um, so, I mean you see it there. You box he can box out defenders, he sets up the defensive backs, um, has good balance and can high point ball, so he's able to, you know, sort of over uh, catch over the defenders because of his boxing out and leaping abilities, athleticism there, um, receives the ball easily, and he's willing to get to work as well after. He catches the ball very much like a guy when he gets the ball in the paint, he's ready to go to work to get the basket. Um, in this case, Dalton Kincaid catches the ball, he's ready to get some yak yards for you after he catches the ball. Like, I mean, you see the basketball skills on the field for sure.
1: Okay, so I don't disagree with a single thing you said. Dalton Kincaid <laughs> is a great receiver. If I said otherwise, I'd be a moron, and I am not a moron in most cases. So, here's my issue. The dude's physicality, he is 6'4", barely 250. That guy does not have the, as of now, he could bulk up when it comes to the NFL, but as of now, he does not have the physicality needed to be a successful tight end in the NFL. If he is stuffed at the line, when he is put on the offensive line off the snap, he is not able to get that separation there. He is a glorified, big, fast slot receiver. Nothing wrong with that, but the, my entire problem with him is that there are all the physical tools for him to succeed, but he has shown me none of the physical strength or physical capabilities to Get to the next level. So I think if he goes to the right team that can utilize him correctly, sure, he may be able to succeed. But that's not what I want from a first-round tight end. I don't want you to be in the right system. I want you as a physical freak that can succeed in any system I put you in. And right now, he is not that. He is a glorified, bigger, slower you know, outside receiver that just happens to play tight end because where he went to college.
0: No, and I hundred percent agree with you. I was going to get to all that, where it's just like you don't see the block. Yeah, I know. I know do. that's that's why I want to get the jump on you. <laughs> of course. Um. So yeah, you're not drafting this guy because he's a great blocker because he's not. He has the ability. He recognizes the when he needs to pick up blocks, but exactly like I said, he doesn't have the uh, he doesn't have the build, he doesn't have the frame, he doesn't. He have doesn't. The he
1: doesn't of- have the finesse. Exactly, the finastic, he doesn't, showcase, the he doesn't
0: showcase that enough where you like see where okay I can develop this sort of thing. So I don't think he can't. I think he will depending on the right, right team. But it's just like you're not keeping him. He's not an inline tight end. You look at Michael Mayer. He's an inline tight end. You look at you know we'll get to Darnell Washington. He's an inline oh, tight yes, end. Dalton Kincaid is a guy that you keep off to the side. You could possibly use him like on the backside. So very similar to like you know an H back. Like I said, you use him like almost like a glorified fullback sort of thing. Where it's like you use him like that. You could put him way on the. Outside as well, like I mean, he has that ability because of the receiving skills and the release that he gets off the line. But yes, 100% agree, he is not a guy that you keep on your offensive line. Uh, Maybe for a chip to get out onto a onto a receiving pattern, but he's not a guy you keep in to block for sure, unless he builds up his frame and you develop the technique that he needs to be as a blocker at the next level. But I mean, I disagree that I think he could fit any offense because any offense needs an extra pass catcher and especially a guy like Dalton Kincaid, who, yes, he said is a glorified slot receiver. But at his size for him to do what he can, that's a mismatch against all nickel corners and most linebackers as well. So definitely that's an advantage that you want in your offense for sure. So, yeah, well, I, I well, agree he's not the best blocker, but I think that will come with time.
1: Well, I'm not saying that he's not worth a early draft pick. I'm just saying that's why I'm not convinced he's the second tight end off the board okay. because okay. for a tight end, I want that dual role, right? I want a blocker combined with the the dynamic receiver. And is that an easy ask? No, but that's why you're, you know, one of the top three tight ends off the board. And so it, uh, if, if Kincaid went in the second round or even, after, you know, like, 28 later sure okay i think that's worth it because you're exactly right is is probably with a team that has that you know uh luxury of being able to play around with them a bit okay what is your role here but if you're a team looking for like this is our starting tight end of the future i am just not convinced Kincaid can be that guy
0: that's fair that's fair but uh all right i think we know who your number two tight end is then which i'll let you speak to all right start now watching it I mean, how can
1: you not love this guy? This is six seven, two hundred sixty five 265 pounds of pure awesomeness. This dude is amazing. He is – here's the best part, okay? So he, we, we all know just because of his pure physicality that he can block, okay? So the blocking is not a question of – sure, he can u- use a little bit of work on his blocking technique, but that is very easily coachable, especially because a tight end coach knows he got – you know, coach up these young guys to be more like an offensive lineman. That's really easy, especially if you have a veteran offensive lineman on the team. That's like, hey, let me teach you some stuff. And here's the best part is the biggest question about Washington was, can he succeed as receiver? And that is one thing, and I know I trashed it during our recap episode, but that is is a rare case where the combine actually showed, oh, this person can you know, succeed in areas where they haven't shown it before. Darnell Washington is a better receiver than people thought because that is the big knock on him because his his you know his college production was not great, but that's because Brock Bowers, who by the way will be a top ten pick next year, uh, he just took all the attention away in Georgia and Kirby Smart smartly so said. Well, we don't need two tight ends right around the field. Why don't we keep Washington back and have Bowers run all over the place? And Washington, which shows he's a great team player, said, sure. And now he is showing that, no, I can't catch the ball. I am a good receiver. So Darnell Washington has all those physical attributes that shows that he can develop into the prototypical starting NFL tight end. And then some like this dude is a physical monster. He has all the skills there. He just needs good coaching to develop into that so that is why this dude is unquestionably my second best tight end because yes you are taking some risks there it is a developmental project but all the promise there is so so worth it because if you can tap into that my god you have the next rob uh rob gronkowski on your hands
0: yeah i don't have darnell washington in my top three yeah yeah how dare you you're wrong <laughs> you're just wrong that's now, just okay. wrong that's just wrong explain yourself
1: that's just that's horrific that is horrific
0: percent. i'll explain myself. Is, 100%, no no no, 100%. no hold, on,
1: hold on hold on that is absolutely horrific this man is going to be the next tight end nfl star god damn it he is gonna make me regret this but screw it i'm running with it like i how can you possibly the, the even just potential loan? He should be in the top three just for the sake that he could be the next George Kittle. He could be the next Travis Kelsey. We talk about tight ends all the time like these guys, but this is the one guy who actually has all the physical stats that are similar to them and that has the catching and blocking abilities to do what they do. Like how? How is that possible?
0: Yeah, get a Kleenex, bro. That was nasty, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, control I'm yourself. Well, yeah, Explain you why I, I don't like Tartals Now, now, now you see how fired,
1: uh, fired up I'm getting about this.
0: <laughs> oh, all you people on the podcast are so grateful that you did not see oh, what man. I saw. <laughs> all fucking, the YouTube fucking, fucking allergies, man. Holy shit. <laughs> so the big thing is you laid it out already. It's the keyword. Potential. The two keywords. Could be. So, I'm not saying that he can't be the next great tight end, but it's just I've seen so many times in past drafts where people get in love with the, you know, make and build, with the athleticism that a tight end can potentially bring, and it doesn't work out. You brought up this name earlier, OJ Howard. He had the production at Alabama, but what happened when he got to the next level? Yes, I know he dealt with some injuries. He did look good at times, but just overall, he was not the same talent that we saw when we saw him at Alabama. Tad, this tight end may be before your time, before you got more into the NFL, but there's a tight end by the name of Jeremy Stevens, who was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks. Very similar make and build to Darnell Washington, and he didn't pan out either. Like, I mean, there's times where he looked okay, but just the potential of, like you said, Being drafted in the first round, he needs to be a difference maker for at least five to ten years. And with Stevens, it didn't happen that long either. Yes, he also had off the field off the field issues which obviously derailed his career too but just like i think you're just banking so much on the potential now i'm not I, now obviously if he realizes the potential this is washington we're talking about yes he'll be a home run excellent pick this is part of the reason why maybe you're not so high on gelati woods either he is the same size to make a bill his start at washington so it's like you have to realize that I think it's just so much to bank on on just potential because we've seen this sort of like not work out for a lot of these big physical tight ends that show the athleticism that show the speed that unfortunately just once they get to the next level, the defenders are better, the defenders are bigger. They're able to scheme better for these guys because as a bigger tight end, also they're not as, you know, able to get low enough to set up good run blocking as well. I saw this a lot on the tape with Georgia where it's like, he's just so big and physical compared to all the defenders on the field. Like he's a man amongst boys. So that's why he was so good at blocking a lot of the time. He was relying a lot on his just physical build to just overpower a lot of these defenders. Whereas once you get to the next level, he needs to have better technique. I know you said he needs to get that coached up for sure. So hundred percent, He does, but just I think a lot of the times he's going to rely more on his physical prowess as opposed to technique and getting proper hand placement, setting up with good footwork sort of thing. So that's going to hurt him in the blocking game. In the receiving game, like, yes, he's going to be a mismatch, but just the biggest thing is just he needs to work on his route running. His his hands, he has got natural hands sort of thing, so he's going to be a good receiver. We saw that amazing grab that he had at the combine, the one-handed grab on the uh, deep fade drill or whatever it was, but just like that was sensational. So it's like you see it there. But I guess for me, like I said, I think it's just a lot to bank on for a first-round pick on too much potential with this guy. So I think he's going to be a good prospect, but he's not going to be that excellent, superior, superb prospect that you're drafting in the first round. So that's why he's out of my top three. And you want to know who my number three is? Sure. I'll give you a guess because you're actually going to bring up this name later. Uh, Sam Laporta. No, it's not Sam Laporta, but I am really high on him. We will talk about Luke, him a little Luke, bit later. Luke Musgrave? It is Luke Musgrave out of Yeah, you son of Oregon a bitch.
1: <laughs> you goddamn bastard. You, of course you make us end on an agreement. You, you know, all right. All <laughs> so right. Think, you you say what you love about Luke Musgrave. I'll say what I love and wind with your guy, you bastard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I won't spend a ton of time on uh, Luke Musgrave because I know you wanted to talk about this guy as just one guy that we're not being taught – as a guy that we're not talking enough about. Or maybe – not talking too much about i don't know we'll see about your opinion there of luke musgrave but for me like i said i have him at number three because yes i agree like you said you on like a him
1: more thing. than darnell Wash. okay sorry, sorry well i'll get into
0: it <laughs> so you brought Dar- this up that's before. that's I absolutely mind-blowing to me but just okay <laughs> so i think for me like you said you brought this up i think it was an episode ago or maybe it was two episodes ago where if luke musgrave didn't get hurt his final year at oregon state we'd be talking about him easily Easily being in the top three. Like you wouldn't even question it either. Top three tight ends. Top three tight ends. We need (laughs) to clarify that. Yes. Top three tight ends. Exactly. Um, So unfortunately, the injury hurt him a little bit, literally, and obviously figuratively in the draft stock as well. So, you know, we we aren't seeing him being talked about in that top three conversation. Mm -hmm. But what I've seen as far as tape, like you're seeing a more like you're seeing a blend. Of Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid on a lower level. Like, I mean, you're seeing the skills as far as being a good blocker. You're seeing the skills as far as being a good receiver. He's got good speed. He's got good athleticism. He's got great awareness when he's picking up blocks and recognizing that, okay, here's a blitzing defender on this side. I need to make sure I shift over to that side to pick up that defender or at least chip him to give my quarterback enough time. So it's like I see a lot of these good qualities that you want in a tight end, as far uh, also uh, all around tight end, right? So I think that's the key there. So it's like I see more polished with Luke Musgrave. So that's something I'm more confident in because I've seen it more consistently on tape with him to warrant justifying possibly taking him in the first round. Now, there obviously are some knocks on him. Like, I mean, he's not the greatest blocker he obviously needs a lot more skills there his route running is not as sharp as it needs to be but just as a difference maker if you're thinking about a potential first round tight end he'd be a perfect candidate like you said to be at that you know final five picks final four picks whatever final quarter of the first round to take him here because he's got a lot of potential and i think he could sort of develop that but like i said with potential i think he's already pretty good as a ready-made product too whereas with washington I don't know if you can start him day one. I think he still needs a little bit of work, and he'll start maybe a little bit midway through the season if he could get on the right track, but that's the thing that worries me about Darnell Washington, which is why I have him at four. I'm not saying he's out of my top five or anything like that. I have him at four, well, but I have Musgrave at three. All right, <laughs> I now, I fair enough, and, and and
1: there is a lot to love about Musgrave, and and I think you are absolutely right, exactly like what you said. Musgrave is, does his play need more refinement? Absolutely. What part of his play needs refinement? Basically everything, which is why yeah. <laughs> he, he, he took, he took the backseat to Washington for me yeah. because Washington had the worst. You plug that dude in, you basically have an extra offensive lineman there at that very, very worst. So, um, you know, Musgrave is pretty close to the same at 6'6, 250 pounds. But the thing I like the most about him is like he has again, it's a lot like Washington. In case you can't tell, I have a type for tight ends. Is like it's just the the big athletic types. I love them. Like I fall in love with them. I want to marry them. Like I want them on my team. And yeah, I said it. I will stand by it. And like it's just I I really see the promise with both of them. Now the thing is the reason I have Washington higher is I think its ceiling is higher than Musk right. 100%. I think
0: 100% okay. I 100% okay. agree with you that if he hits on everything and he proves all you know, well I guess I'm pretty much the main data here I don't know if I've seen so many others but just like if he can hit on everything that the potential is yes he's he by far going to be the best tight end in this class that comes out of it but just like like I said I think it's just a lot for me to bank on with that potential it's just I have seen so many more failures compared to successes with these types of players so
1: no well, that's fair and call me a believer and this may be the one yeah, that finally burns me to the point I, where I, I'm I admire it, but, your
0: optimism with this, then.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I'm optimistic <laughs> for once in my life, but you know, it's probably it's probably going to burn me again. Oh, but yes, he, we'll uh, he being Musgrave, going back to him, he only played two games in the senior season. But even just as a rookie, he's Mike Koseki 2.0. He is a big body or a, a, a Pat Fryermuth 2.0, where he's yeah. just a big body that sure needs a lot of polish on their game, but yeah, plug him in there and they are a red zone target easy. So that's why he is the perfect second or third round target is because at the very worst, great. now you have a big body for your uh, quarterback to kind of work with in the red zone and then hopefully you develop him into a you know more refined athlete, more refined tight end moving on. But for now, Musgrave is like, I don't know, I don't want to say don't can't miss candidate, but there's very little downside to drafting him. like th- it's very hard to imagine that he just busts
0: absolutely entirely. No, 100% with Musgrave for sure. And like we talked about, this is a deep te- deep tight end class. So it's like even if you miss out or decide not to go with one of those first three tight ends, whether that's, you know, Mayor, Kincaid, Washington, or possibly Musgrave in my case, um, you could still get a lot of great tight ends in the middle rounds as you well. You can do what the well.
1: Ravens did last year, like triple dip. Triple exactly. dip at the position.
0: <laughs> you know, because there is that much talent out there this year. So like I mean, the, yeah, It's you like you the
1: episode of double- Seinfeld. Did you just double dip?
0: yes 100 <laughs> percent. so yeah you could still get good talent there so there's another guy that i want to bring up that we'll go sort All of right. close out the episode here um sam laporta university of iowa. oh yeah brought the same earlier a, so. combine
1: winner combine winner
0: yeah i think 100 percent. he had a very very strong combine for sure but i mean ted tight ends from iowa i mean i could sort of uh, leave it yeah. there All but right, we'll yeah a little bit more. <laughs> No, I mean, go you, ahead. Got the, go ahead. you got the list there. TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fan, yep. George Kittle, yep. and yep. your boy, Dallas Clark. Yeah, all, there it is. <laughs> all huge producers from Iowa. Like, I mean, pretty much you go to Iowa if you want good linemen and you want good tight ends. Like, I mean, they yeah, have, have a very corners.
1: good... Record. Dude, good corners.
0: Honestly, yeah, good corners as well. But definitely offensive linemen and tight ends, like, they have a good track record developing, a lot of great prospects at those two particular position groups. But, I mean... Uh, Laporta led the Hawkeyes in receiving yards and receptions the past two years and not only yeah. did he lead them he led them by a wide margin too like well, I know that's, that, not,
1: that's, that's not that's not a tall margin considering
0: last year but I was not a big passing team impressive yes I was not a big passing team they do like to go through the run more but just still for him to be the leader like I mean that says something about Iowa sort of relying on him to move them down the field consistently through the air be a dependable target for them for sure so he runs routes well he catches the ball now. Naturally, like it's not a difficult thing for him. He always catches his hands as opposed to bringing it into his chest. Um, Works as an inline tight end as well as they put him in the slot as well. So, I mean, he has the ability to work either way. So if you want to keep him in line, you could do that. If you want to put him on the outside as a receiving threat, you could do that. He shows toughness and eagerness to get more yards after the catch. Like this guy will not go down. Like, I mean, he catches the ball. He is immediately looking to move upfield and get more yards to get that yak. So, I mean, if you have that style of offense, you could definitely benefit from having Sam Laporta in your offense then. And, I mean, this is pretty much the standard for most of these tight ends. Like, I mean, you see the ability, but I think you could definitely use some refinement with his blocking skills. I think there were times where defenders were able to push him around because he didn't have good hand technique or he wasn't set up properly to take off on the upcoming defender sort of thing. So he did get overpowered at times, but you saw some, you saw the willingness. You saw that he was trying to set up at times. And there are times like he looked really, really good in the blocking game as well. But just, yeah, I think it just wasn't consistent enough, but that will easily get coached up at the next level. Um, honestly, I think he's just going to be a really difference maker. He's going to be a solid contributor. And I think whoever drafts him is going to get a sneaky pick, a sneaky steal um, wherever they decide to draft him. Most likely I see him going, and day two, either late second round or probably early third round, depending on how the other positions play out. But definitely a day, uh, day to pick for sure.
1: No, I, yeah, I agree. I see him going either third or fourth round. And again, the comparison is just so easy. I have to make it is like he is George Kittle because yeah. he is a super athletic tight end with all the promise there. He just needs a little time to develop.
0: And I think and the big he, thing too, Tad, is like early George Kittle, because that's exactly yeah, what I saw. No, that's yeah, that's what I mean. That's exactly what I saw on the tape with Laporta and George Kittle as well. It's like early George Kittle. Not the George Kittle that we see today. Because no, obviously man. this is a well-coached up, well, you know, you know, developed George Kittle. But early George Kittle, his rookie season, and back when he was at Iowa, yes, I see very similar play styles with Laporta as well.
1: Like there, there's so much there to work with. Oh, but man, we really need to work on some things. That's like true. that's kind of that's thing. Cause true. I I mean, who the hell thought when the 49ers drafted George Kittle? Oh, that's going to be arguably the best tight end of all time. No, seriously. No, seriously.
0: One. no one did. Cause but I that, watched that, this that, tape too, when the Niners drafted him, cause I always do that with my prospects whenever they get drafted. I'm pretty sure you do the same as they watch the tape to see. It's like, oh, okay, I see the potential as to why they draft this guy, but yes. 100% I was nowhere thinking, oh, this guy's going to be a future Hall of Famer <laughs> with his playability. Yeah, exactly. He just, took, he just developed well. It became such an electric tight end now at the NFL level. So we'll see if that can happen with Laporta. I can't yeah, guarantee so, so, it. Like you see the raw ability for sure.
1: Yeah, right. That's what makes Laporta so interesting is because all the seeds are there. But again, mm. this, is, this is the hard part of the draft is like if he goes to the wrong team – there, they, it won't amount to anything, but if he goes to the right team, this could be a, no, yet another, you ran through the list, yet another Iowa tight end that ends up being one of the greatest of all time. And, it's, it, I, and I don't mean that lightly. The promise is there. It's just, it's a question of does he go to the right coaching staff? And I know I say that for a bunch of prospects, but you know, honestly, at the end of the day, that is one of the big things with the NFL draft is, Does the coaching staff understand the player they're taking? And sometimes they they don't, and that's hugely frustrating. So I really hope the team that takes Laporta recognizes what they have, which is you cannot force this guy to be a starter right away. But if you have him as number two for a year or two, you've got a sleeper on your hands, absolutely. 100%
0: agree with that one. Yeah. Laporta, I think is going to be one of those gems that you find in day two, possibly early day three, sort of as you're projecting here, but whoever drafts him, if they train him well and develop him well, yeah, he could be a really big difference maker at the professional
1: level. Which, which by the way, I I can already hear people be like, you're saying the same thing about tight end after tight end. This tight end class is ridiculously deep. Like, and this is the reason why is because they all have this type of promise. They all have this type of athleticism. Like, it is a basically one through 10 might as well been like be one, two and then three, a three B three C three D. And then like, (laughs) so on, because like this, this class is ridiculous. I can't believe the more I scout them, the more I'm like, I don't know. I like them all. They're fast. They're big. Like, it's just, <laughs> this is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, we brought up Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State in a previous episode. I think I, yeah, I did.
1: We, we never like, even brought him up. Like, yeah, yeah, he's going
0: to be great, I think, at the next level as a receiving threat. Um, I brought up Zach Koontz out of Old Dominion. He's mm-hmm. got the big yep, height no, and, pick. you know, raw ability, very similar to Dardell Washington. Not at the same level, but I think he's got the same make and build that you could potentially see and develop and be a big threat at the next level. Like, I mean, uh, there's Payne Durham out of Purdue, who we talked about at the senior bowl like i mean i don't i don't, I don't him. like
1: him as much as you like like him but yes
0: i remember will and jabal also talked a lot about him as well when he was making some plays at the senior bowl so i mean the potential's there i mean i think that's this big thing that tad you already said already and i'm just going to echo the sentiment too it's just that there's a lot of great prospects in this year's tight end draft class and as long as you can develop them well you can have very very good production from them at the professional level for sure so yeah i mean like we talked about, Tad, I mean, I feel like there's, you know, five or six other tight ends that we which, can talk about. Which, in which,
1: basically, the uh, title of this video which tight ends are good?
0: All of them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. For real. Uh, But, yeah, we are going to be releasing our 1 through 10 top 10 ranking. It's going to be difficult because there's a lot of great talent there. I don't know how Um, I'm going to do that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, hopefully, you should see that in the next couple of days. The best way you can find out when that graphic is going to be dropping, you see it down below. You see the ticker right there. You can follow us on Twitter. You got my personal handle, Everside23. Tads tads side. 94 you got the show handle at The Decide Guys, and of course we're on Instagram at The Decide Guys as well. Um, and definitely keep listening to our podcast and watching our videos on YouTube. So subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen right on the LEFB Network website as well. Subscribe. Always be up to date with the podcast. you're watching us on YouTube, just hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel, and you'll always be up to date with our YouTube videos as well. Make sure you're subscribing to the LEFB Network's YouTube channel as well, because we have our own playlist there so we have a lot of great content as top of all the great content they are dropping with chargers news rams news Bruins news and trojans news as well and tad big thing as to why you want to subscribe to both youtube channels as well as following us on twitter we are doing the nfl draft live stream for both day one day two and a portion of day three. We're still figuring portion, out, of as course, as how portion, much of day three we're doing. Three. We will not
1: stick around for round seven. I refuse to do that. <laughs> I, I do ne- I need my sleep. I need my
0: sleep. I don't think we'll be going that long, but 100% we'll be there for day one and day two, which covers rounds one through three. We're figuring out day three, but we'll definitely be doing a live stream on day three as well. So make sure you subscribe to everything that I already said, because that's the best way you can find out. When we'll be going live? Well, we'll be going live when the draft goes live. But I mean just – it will keep you the reminder that, hey, tune in. Watch our draft coverage. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have guests. We're going to give you great content as it's all going on. Um, Figuring out the drafts, you know, obviously how that will affect fantasy stuff, too, because that will be coming up sooner than you think, too. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. So make sure you tune in for that. And to everybody who's already, you know, subscribed to our YouTube channel, who's listening to the podcast, interacting with us on social media. I mean, just anything and everything you guys you're doing to support us. We just can't thank you enough.
1: And like Emer said, we are about roughly Three weeks away from the NFL draft starting, so be sure to tune in for that live stream because me, Amir, everybody at LAP Network have been putting in such hard work to make this uh, you know, the best experience it can be for us and for you guys. That's the most important thing is for you guys. So be sure to tune in because we cannot wait to share that experience with you. We are not done with our rankings yet. We just wrapped up tight ends. We're moving on. I think we're doing offensive line o-line o-tackles and guards we're definitely together.
0: doing it as a graphic we may not do every ranking okay. episode we do so have a lot of other great but, draft content coming but we will have graphics for pretty much all
1: of the so positions. we'll we'll have graphics not not for pretty much we will have graphics for every <laughs> position uh we podcast wise we are moving on the defense so if you're more defensive kind of who who hits hard guy we got you covered that's gonna start coming in next week so be sure to stay tuned for that And guys, we have so many more fun ideas coming up that are still in discussion. So we can't reveal anything, but as always, none of this would be possible without you. So thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Cannot tell you how much we appreciate the support. So please, as always, everyone, thank you so much and stay safe.